Sorry to interrupt the usual beginning to this podcast, but I need your help. You see, we're coming to the end of this series of God's glorious grace. We've almost completed the section of Ephesians 1 that we set out to journey through. And to mark this special occasion, we would love to have a final episode interacting with you, the listener at home. I'm sure we've said all sorts of things that made you stop and think, maybe wonder if we were right, maybe we've got you questioning something, and we would love to have your contribution to the conversation for a final rounding off episode. So if you have a question or something to add to the conversation, we'd love for you to get in touch. Podcast at hopeharrogate.co.uk is the email address that you need. Please do let us know your thoughts. But for now, here's the usual beginning. Welcome to God's Glorious Grace, a podcast from Hope Church Harrogate, where we are asking the question, have we really understood the grace of God? We're taking a deep dive into Ephesians chapter 1, considering a phrase of that chapter in each episode, and asking first what it teaches us about God, and second, how that affects our lives, hopefully with a good dose of warmth and fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. can be a hard word it can be a difficult word but embedded in there are those three fundamental needs of humanity to to know security to know acceptance Mm. and, and to be significant we all come from scars and knocks and places that have made us sensitive to unfaithful unfaithfulness and and we we come with our own set of bruises to this this is a journey for each one of us and God is faithful to take us step by step through a process of healing. Hello and welcome to God's Glorious Grace yet again. It's a joy to be here with Mark and Rachel. Hello. Hi, everybody. We are still on Zoom, living the lockdown life. And uh, I had a Ricky Martin come into mind, as I said, living the Vida Loca, living the lockdown life. Uh, and recording this episode of God's Glorious Grace. We are into Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, in the penultimate episode today. Well done if you've stuck with us all the way through. We hope it has encouraged you and stirred you and helped you grow in your love for God and understanding of his grace. That's been our heart and aim. And we're going to continue in that vein today, uh, looking at our next phrase, Uh, which Mark is going to read in the context of Ephesians 1, verse 11 to 14 for us. Over to you, mate. Here we go, Lord Jesus. Right, we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, NIV, uh, from verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Thank you. And so we are on the phrase God's possession today. We, um, in our little 
uh, briefing time beforehand, we went, we stumped all over this last time when we were talking <laughs> about being marked with a seal, but we're going to go again. And hey, if you've got to hear things eight times to get it, then uh, you'll be two times along towards the eight after this episode too. So we are talking about being God's possession. And does anyone have somewhere they'd like to start in terms of what that tells us about God? Well, I think uh, one of the things that struck me, which I shared earlier, is uh, the humility of God. Um, We judge people often by the friendships that they keep and the relationships (laughs) that they have. I think it's just extraordinary to think that the God who is the creator, who lives in inapproachable or unapproachable light, uh, who is holy and perfect, um, has chosen uh, this path of salvation for us, whereby he uh, assigns to us friendship, he assigns to us fatherhood. He is, he is more than happy to have us adopted into his family. And as we said last time, come and dwell within us. And he, uh, and in doing that, he dignifies humanity and dignifies us in an extraordinary way. So for me, this, this, this perhaps points to a facet of God that we don't often think about is God's humility. We see humility in Christ uh, in terms of, you know, equality with God was not something to be grasped after, but he laid that down for us. But actually this runs through the Godhead that, um, that actually there is this humility, this, this humble approach that he is happy to associate and be identified uh, with me. We are identified in him, yes, but he is happy to identify with us. I think that's just a, a wonder, again, of who God is. Mm. Yeah, and ties so closely to the topic of grace, which we've been, you know, circling all the way through this. It is by his grace. This is an example of his grace that he would say, yeah, they're mine. Uh, Where many people would want to distance themselves. uh, He says, no, no, they they belong to me. They're mine. Yes, those are my kids running around the garden centre causing mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) God didn't get the earth to open up and swallow him. You know, he boldly and lovingly. Uh, claimed us and valued us those are mine Mm. I think I've been struck also in in what this shows us about God is just his understanding his understanding but yeah his understanding of our needs as people as frail people this sense of of not just saying I've done it you know muster up some belief folks but that he constantly is is taking us on a journey you know he gives us he gives us the promised holy spirit because he promised it and then he gave it it was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance which is in the future until the redemption of those that there's this sense of him wanting us to feel secure and and giving us these these things to hold on to this idea of belonging this deposit now for what is coming this this real understanding of of how we work and how easy it is for us to feel insecure and mm. and him him coming towards us. I just feel so often we feel like God's just telling us to have more faith and and that that isn't what it is. He comes this you know ninety percent to us and he gives us these handholds and he says this is where to put your feet and this is where to put your hands and this is how to climb with me. And I I find that so comforting that in the nature of him is an understanding of what I need to follow him well. And he gives me those things to hold on to. uh, And I'm very grateful. Yeah. I I think that's wonderful, Rachel, because you're talking about that relational, again, that relational context. 
And I think in a very materialistic Western society, when we think of possessions, we, we think of uh, that piece of clothing we bought in the spur of the moment. We've worn it once and and then we put it in a bag and put it out for the charity, you know, or, mm. or we bought this phone and we're so excited about this latest model. And yet in two years time, when the battery practice isn't as good as it should be, it goes to the back of the drawer and we, we, we get something new. And of course, in God's view of possession, he's not talking about things. He's not, mm. he, this is, this is a, an interaction of beings. This is, mm. this is something far, far more valuable than that this is an eternal relationship has started Mm. and so and that lovely sense that when God talks about you are my possession you are my treasured possession he said to Israel of which you know we're grafted into that it is this wonderful thing that I'm in this forever and ever and ever Mm. and ever and ever and it's not a static thing and and, and it's not going to be thrown at the back of a drawer or forgotten in the shed or or what have you it's not going to rust like like material things do no we need to get rid of that mindset this is about a a, a deep love affair this is about Mm. uh, you know the marriage of the lamb this is this Mm. is (laughs) this is an eternal thing this is this is being cherished this is what Mm. being cherished really means so I love that Rach that you've brought that straight Mm -hmm. in that that Mm. we're not we're not a trinket that you know, God has got a billion galaxies mm. that can't be counted, and we're just mm. oh yeah, we're just in there. No, no, no. This is mm. deep heart, heart, heart to get connections. Wonderful. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think if you were to ask the average Christian, whoever they are, you know, what they thought the heart of God was for them, you know, you'd get some words back that you would expect. You know, he wants wants me to know that um he loves me etc but the idea that god's heart for us is that he wants us to be secure mm-hmm. i think is is very revealing about it like about him mm. in that he gives of himself so that we can feel secure mm. um that, that god's heart for us is not that we're you know constantly on edge unsure mm. of what will happen next um like you know he Talk, I was talking to someone last week who's been doing some online dating and they're like, people just want to play games and they mess with your head. And, mm. and God's quite the opposite. He's like, look, this is my stall. I've set out. I'm for you. I want you to feel yeah. safe, secure, know everything. Uh, you know. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that is an incredible position to be able yeah. to, to live in. Um, an incredible kindness, an act of grace of God that he wants for us to be secure. And I feel that's how he made us. Like he he made us to live in the absolute security and to function in the absolute security of his love. Like when I look at how people were made and Adam and Eve in that sense of no doubt whatsoever that they were loved and lived with God. And so for me, that that is the very nature of how he made us was to have security at heart. It is not that he made us to spend a lifetime feeling insecure, trying to scrabble a little bit of security and love out of nothing. But we were made to operate and be in relationships with each other and live in love in this world in that security that that is that security is for now i'm being transformed into christ for a lifetime but the security of christ is for me now and i think that's significant for me and that's lovely because you've just touched on one of those three absolute fundamental needs of human humanity isn't it security 
But also in this one phrase, his possession, we have the other two as well. So we get mm. significance because mm. he he's invested in us his name. How, how significant is that? You know, I've talked about being joined in friendship, but actually he has chosen to give us his name. Mm. Well, you know, some of us want to be very careful who owns our name, don't we? We, mm. we, we have these things that we, we guard ourselves and, you know, I don't want you to use my name. And, and yet, actually, we, 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 we've got his name. You can't be more significant than being a son or daughter of the Lord of all creation. Mm. That is utter significance. And that's amazing. You know, and the value he, he ascribes to us by sending Jesus, it reinforces that, um, that significance. Mm. And, and then we get acceptance. So you've got mm. the three, you know, acceptance that I'm accepted in the beloved. He, 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 he's brought me into his family. Mm. And, and, I, and I think when we look at that word possession. As I say, it can be a hard word. It can be a difficult word. But embedded in there are those three fundamental needs of humanity to, to know security, to know acceptance, mm. and to be significant. Mm. And I don't need fame. I, I don't need image. Yeah. I, I don't need wealth. I don't need these things because actually almighty God, the one, the only one, the, the uncreated one, the only mm. one who stands mm. in that that category that 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 that, that designation it's him mm. has given me those things by just saying no you you are my possession mm. that that is mind-blowing wonderful if i could just pause and drink that into mm. all what i perceive are my needs and my wants and desires no 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 this this this, this one phrase my father is the maker of heaven and earth mm. Mm. Yes. Wow. It's the, the Song of Songs refrain, isn't it? I am my beloved's and he is mine. I think we've said everything in one sense that you could or need to say about, about this phrase. The key is, though, is that this phrase, God's possession, comes at the end of 11 verses that's been telling us all about the heart and the nature of who this God is who possesses us. Because the tragedy is that you know, there are all kinds of people who would want to possess us um, mm. that don't have that um, purity of heart, uh, humility, um, grace, uh, extravagant love to, towards us that aren't in it in order to elevate us, but mm. want to possess us in order to elevate themselves. Mm. God condescends. He, he comes down to our level to lift us up, whereas many others condescend to push down. Mm. and to elevate themselves and so you know again as we talked about last time out this this idea of, of possession has all kinds of ramifications or implications in terms of you know historic um, slavery and enslaved peoples but that isn't that isn't how we would naturally read it mm. uh, and it is very different to, to what Paul is desperately trying to convey mm. here that's definitely mm. worth saying again isn't it I think that's part one, nicely wrapped up. And so we'll shift to half-time oranges. Oranges. Right. Well, uh, having an 
history and youth work. I went and pulled down my old paperwork and uh, found one of these things, which was just rapid fire questions. It's a sort of icebreaker, get to know you. But also, if you're listening at home with other people or just, you know, said out loud, have a little chat to God about this. I'm going to ask you this or this. And I just want you to state it. I may ask you to justify your opinion, <laughs> but we shall see. It's just going to be rapid fire. I don't know, 10, 12 questions. For instance, would you rather be too hot or too cold? Hot. Really? Inter- really? Okay, fine. Uh, would you rather eat Indian or Chinese food? Both. <laughs> no. Both is not a question. It's an or thing. That's a, you can't just get out of it like that. Come on. Indian or Chinese? Chinese. 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 All right. All right. Bananas or oranges? Bananas. Bananas. Ooh. Ooh. In sync, fine. Mark. I like it. <laughs> Spiders or mosquitoes? I missed it. Spiders or mosquitoes? Spiders. Spiders. <laughs> okay. Ballroom <laughs> or tap dance? Ballroom. Mark, you have pick one. Not a new. Tap. Wow, interesting. Paul or Peter? Paul. <laughs> a Peter. <laughs> Was that a pity? Was that a pity choice? That good poor just, Peter. Peter's I mean, up in heaven going, everyone always chooses Paul. <laughs> well, that's because that's because he says Paul's writing is quite difficult to understand sometimes, but his is quite difficult to understand sometimes too. Fine, Peter, take that. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star, Star Wars. Oh, oh, we're different again. We started united and we've just deviated. By yourselves. Why, Mark? Why? Oh, it's far more intrigue. The early series, television series, was far more well written and far more intriguing than shooting things. Oh, take that. So why why would you then choose Star Wars over this deeply complex old television program, Adam? Sounds like a nonsensical question, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the dismissive, the dismissiveness of not just shooting things. I like things that just shoot things. That, that's good entertainment. Um, but you like westerns, really? I like westerns are good too. Yes, <laughs> shooting if things. You, if you haven't seen Space Cowboys, no, was it Space Cowboys? No, Aliens versus Cowboys. Very, very. That just blends everything for you then. Uh, right, Christmas versus Easter. Uh, Easter. <laughs> Christmas. You can go theological. You can go just decorations-wise. It's but fine. That, that was wondering. where my pause <laughs> came from. Yes, I could see your brain seizing up in that moment. It's fine. Yeah, on all points, theological, <laughs> eggs, and my birthday. There we go. <laughs> wow. He, he really got reasons for his choices there, Adam. All right. Full English or, or pancakes? Full English. Full English or pancakes? Full, full English. Full English. full English. Too little sleep or too little food? Too little sleep. <laughs> <sighs> too little too little food <laughs> I'm, I'm not good on too little food <laughs> like I, I get hangry as well like but wow I wonder too if little we sleep asked, I'm miserable I wonder if we asked our spouses or colleagues too little sleep or too little, what would they choose for us would they choose true, the same true. that's the question uh, pandas or penguins penguins uh, kittens or puppies Puppies. Oh, Marmite or not? Marmite. Yep. Jam or marmalade? Oh, marmalade. Jam. 
Ooh, ooh. Jam, then cream, or cream, then jam? Jam, then cream. Jam, because you can spread it and dollop the cream on top. Yeah, I think jam first, yeah. I've no idea which county I've just offended, though. No, I know, it's fine, it's important. And the last one, very important, although now I'm questioning everything and whether Mark will even be able to answer this. Mary Poppins or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I've never seen either. There are Amish people right, who have folks. seen more films than Mark Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> Saved an intervention for Mark Hewitt. Lying down, oh. force him to watch Mary Poppins or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow. Well, Adam, we did really, Mary Poppins. We did nearly on Sunday watch Nemo, so I would know who Dory was. Did you say okay. you nearly watched it? We nearly, we didn't, we actually failed to do it in the I don't end. think that counts as anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thought was there. That's what I'm saying. The thought counted in this instance. <laughs> wow. Well, right in with all the stuff that you nearly did. And uh, we'll get- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd be magnificent if all the stuff I nearly did, I tell you. <laughs> I know it's my halftime oranges. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. You're uh, not quite sure where to go from here. Part well, two. Let's go that's back where we're to gonna actually, go. you know, talking about the Bible and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to part two, shall we? In part two of these podcasts, we spend some time asking what difference uh, this truth makes to our everyday lives, in particular, how it can affect the spheres of influence that we go into. Um, can I start us off with what could be quite a heavy question, but I think kind of important is we've talked a lot in that first half about security and the security of relationship someone that's you know in it for our good as it were um the tragedy is that for many people they have incredibly insecure relationships and then their experience is the opposite of this how does this truth help those people in those situations in your wise opinions that's a great question. I think for me, it differs for everybody. And I think there should be permission. Oh, I don't like saying there should. I think, I think it's important that everyone feels okay with that. Because I think often we go, well, oh, you should feel secure in God's love. There you go. And we sort of, you know, slap it on as the answer to everything. And, and actually everyone has to, find their own journey and path into this. And we, we all come from scars and knocks and places that have made us sensitive to unfaithful, unfaithfulness. And, and we, we come with our own set of bruises to this. And I think this is, this is a journey for each one of us. And God is faithful to take us step-by-step through a process of healing towards that understanding and I think often we feel like we should just be able to get over it. We should just be able to be there. We should just be able to accept God's love and feel safe. And that's great. And, and I think that I want to say that there's a grace of God to say, I will prove to you this in, in our relationship. I will talk to you about your father and how you felt about your relationship with him, and what bits got broken. And I will talk to you about who I am in that. And, and he will do that in the timing that's right for those people. And I feel like sometimes we set this understanding up as a hurdle, like, you know, you have to understand him as a father and you have to understand him as a spouse and you have to understand him as this. And there are so many bits of brokenness that I find 
that God is so faithful to say, it's okay. We don't, we don't have to do that right now. We can do this bit of understanding who I am in your life and this bit. And that, um, that to me, it's about saying, what is the next step? What is God teaching me now about who he is as he takes us on a journey of healing and relationship in this, rather than this just being the truth that we've got to embrace and get over our pain in this. Mm. Very good. I, I think yeah, that's really I helpful. think that's very helpful because we know that trust is actually something that is earned. Mm. You know, God invests, we said earlier, you know, God invests in us this extraordinary dignity. But because of who we are and and for some the tragedy of, of brokenness um, being done to them or them being perpetrators mm-hmm. in brokenness yeah. um there is this this thing of uh, even language like father god can just spook people mm. um and god is my husband well that would be uh, mm. for some people a very difficult uh, area to approach so you're right there is this <clears throat> journey to trust what God has said and who he is. Obviously, there's the, the work we talked about, the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Mm. And it's why it, 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 it is a healing process. So there needs to be huge honesty and vulnerability, again, which if you've been in broken relationships or been disappointed uh, or hurt, you know, that's a hard thing to do is then to be vulnerable with people and say, Actually, I'm struggling with this concept of fatherhood. My, 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 I don't yeah. know my father even. Yeah. You know, my father's a sperm bank. I, I, I don't yeah. know who my yeah. father is. Uh, or, you know, my husband was dre- and he left me. You know, I, yeah. so, so I, there is these hurdles. But the, the wonderful thing is that there is the grace of God yeah. to embrace us, to heal us, to restore us. So I think there's there's that part of it, but there's also that part which informs mm. us on relationships. So the nature of God towards us is to be reflected in our uh, our relationships to Him. And I, I wish I could remember the verse, but but Paul says I think in Romans thirteen is it uh, where he says accept one another or welcome one another as Christ has accepted or welcomed you. And so. Mm. So um, if we turn it the other way, not neglecting what Rachel said, which is really, really important, it is actually it informs us mm. to what to express to one another uh, in our mm. relationship. So we've just talked, you know, these many weeks about the grace of God. Actually, that is such a valuable uh, attribute to have in our relationships with one another mm. because it, it prevents us from racing to judgment it, it prevents mm. us from uh, yeah. explosions at one another where actually grace seeks to understand so why i, I mean i've been saying this in, in all sorts of settings recently the question we fail to ask ourselves before god is so why was i angry god mm. Oh, why 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 was it I, I i reacted what what was going on in why did i feel threatened in that moment which mm. caused my self-defense mechanism to come and push you away push push that mm. person away what was it because actually that's a really not introspection but a vital question that we have to ask and we've got this wonderful uh, experience or this wonderful expression of that security that comes I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm. Mm. 
So, so what you mean if I shout at you, if I do this, you won't leave off? No, I will not no. do that. And, 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 and though it's got to be careful here in the context of imperfect marriage, but, you know, we do, when we get married, make that promise. Mm. Now, obviously, if it's abusive, if it's violent, then we need to separate to try and deal with that. And sometimes that can't be reconciled, and that's very sad. But actually, grace expressed is, is that, and that, that, that I will be with you, I will be for you. But it's not just in marriage. Actually, we need this in the context of the body of the mm. church. I, I am for you. I am with you. Mm. And yet, actually, when somebody falls, there is a danger that we separate them out and we use yeah. 1 Corinthians to do it. But then you we forget 2 Corinthians where Paul is saying, mm. no, bring him back. Bring that mm. man back. You know, no, no, no. You went too far in your zealous judgment. Mm. Um, so I, I so I think it's this two things. Yes, you're growing in it, but we are informed. Mm. On, on, on the nature we are to express that to one another mm. vital a difficult question adam but a very mm. important question yeah and i feel like the you know five six minutes in terms of the response to some of the some of the most helpful practical uh stuff in terms of outworking that that we've hit in this whole series because like this is where it bites like we've all experienced broken relationships mm. tragedy tragically some have experienced abusive relationships mm. and and uh, yeah i think i think you both touched on it sometimes uh, the church and christians have been guilty of saying well god is essentially the sticking plaster and now it's all changed and you go well mm. it, it hasn't we've got to work out from this place mm. and um this this truth and what we're seeing in it all through the chapter helps us in terms of yes the step-by-step process rates as you so helpfully described but also it teaches us a better way that, mm. that we can begin to enact before we've actually experienced it from others. And so it's yes. those twin, those twin mm. elements that it equips us with in terms of living this truth mm. out in our lives is there is a better way. There is a new expression that is open mm. and available to us. I think that's so helpful. Um, yes. I think the other key area and Mark, you, um, really helpfully describe those three fundamental needs that we have in the first half, significance, security, and acceptance. Um, I think ha- how do we live out this truth in our, in our everyday lives is, well, all of these are available in our understanding of ourselves as the possession of God, but that isn't necessarily where we go mm. for um, receiving or affirming those things in our lives. Um, you know, practically, how how have you guys found helpful for increasing your awareness and knowledge of you know the security and God's love and significance in Him and acceptance in Him? How do we build those things into our lives? I I've just been on a journey for the last two months, um, really, um, just coming out of the Donald Trump stuff, really, about the unthreatenability of God. God is unthreatenable. And and as I was meditating on that, uh, felt the Holy Spirit say, but you've partaken of the divine nature, Mark. And and I've been just working through this whole thing of, as I said earlier, of, of, of why do I feel threatened sometimes? What does that look like? Well, interestingly, my, my, my wife, Sean, has been very helpful. 
silly thing came up the other day. We hate tissues in the washing machine. It's the most dreadful thing, isn't it? A tissue goes into one, and because we've all been using tissues, Hank is a persona non grata, tissues, now and then a <laughs> tissue gets in. And um, it is, you have to pick it all up. Anyway, you know the story. It's, it's a dreadful thing. When a tissue left in a pocket comes out in the washing and it's, it's shredded. And Sharmi just happened to say, in, in her South African Indian way about this tissue that was in the thing. And she said, and of course I started to mumble and get defensive. And uh, she said, you've gone red in the face. And I knew my heart was beating. And I thought, this is very interesting being talking about why do I feel threatened? And it's led me to some things that um, a journey of, of investigation of, 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 of being unthreatenable. And of course, these three things, acceptance, security, and significance, if I'm looking to man for those things, or even a material things, I'm going to live very, very threatened life. And, and though I've always known that the fear of man is a snare, I didn't know how ugly that really is. And it puts me in the debt of people. So I, I think you say, how does this work out? I think there is a, a, a need as, as Christians to go, actually, I'm meant to be unthreatenable. Actually, I don't need to be, though we're built into communicate, you don't become my primary source of joy. You don't become mm. my primary source of love. And that's a dreadful thing to put on a spouse or, or on a friendship, mm. you know, because in, in our imperfection, I will not be your happy-go-lucky person. I might forget that it's your birthday. I might, you know, do those things. And then if I've invested my, my ex your acceptance and, and my security uh, and my value in that, I'm suddenly all over the place. And, and, and so I think this is a really important and, and serious matter for us. So I, I think there is just just judging our own hearts. Well, well, well where am I in this? What, what am I doing in this? And walking with the Holy Spirit, I, I really want to say again, this isn't about introspection. This is about the Holy Spirit bringing something up in us that we go, so why did I fall apart when Adam didn't look at me this Sunday? What was that about? Why was it? Or, or I've brought this contribution in a meeting and no one said thank you to me. <laughs> I didn't get a love heart on on on. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, why why yeah. why is that? I, I think this is where this helps. Oh, bless you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> then just put a little love heart on Zoom for him. Yeah, just a little love heart. So, so I, I think you ask, how does this help us? Well, I, I think it it has the potential to be very significant to yeah. helping us with the Holy Spirit get underneath some of uh, the reasons why we don't feel secure, why we don't feel. Anyway, that would be my yeah. penance thing. Hmm. I think I, uh, I think in metaphors, so I always picture it like a heart garden. And this is how I describe it to kids is, is that the Holy Spirit is, is constantly at work in our hearts. And sometimes Holy Spirit's got to rip out something pretty deep and I'm <laughs> painful and there's some those holes in there and the Holy Spirit's always working in the heart and Jesus said the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth and yes. and there are so many times I just need truth about what's going on with me um, and so God and I came up with a sort of language that works for us so uh, we talk about my bruises and um, because there are things in my life that have traumatized me or bruised me 
and I'm more sensitive in those bruised areas than I am in a, anywhere else. And, and sometimes that's okay. It's going to take a while for those bruises to heal. And sometimes I just need to, you know, that he'll heal them now, or sometimes I didn't even know I had a bruise there. And so often that has become a shorthand for me and the Holy Spirit to, you know, as I'm doing something and I'll, I'll say something in a meeting and the Holy Spirit will be like, that, that was a bruise. That wasn't reality. And I'm like, oh, yep. Nope. You're right. You didn't actually, you, you said something that hit a bruise of mine that actually wasn't what you said, but I'm responding yeah. out of that. And, and rather than, rather than waiting till the very end, I've just said, Holy Spirit, can you, can you nudge me when I'm operating out of a bruise rather than operating out of health or something as so we've sort of come up with that very good that that language for us and it will be different for everybody but yes. it, it means that i don't feel shame about my bruises because i know i'm healing and there are some times where place it will di- direct me and how to get healing from that and sometimes it's just going to take time for us to talk about that and that's okay but that also means i'm very aware of other people's bruises and that other people are on the same journey of feeling secure and accepted and things and so for me, in whether it's in my friendships and my relationships and my parenting and my co-working, I begin to want to value security, acceptance, and that other thing. What's the one? Significance. Significance in others as part of the experience. So for me, if we're having a conversation and I notice your eyes glaze over because I think I poked a bruise, I don't care what I'm attempting to say at that moment. My goal is to pause and say, I'm sorry, I feel like I poked you in a way, or, you know, I feel like I'm doing this, please forgive me, or, you know, to give people space that I'm, I'm more aware that I would rather people have encounters with me that make them feel accepted, secure, and significant, rather than me get across what I'm trying to say, or get to the end of the meeting, and so I am wanting to walk people along, and they say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, just move on, great, I can do that, but I'm just aware that if I want to be a, a part of the kingdom and a move of God, then I also want to be valuing that in others more than my agenda. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. And I think you know, reflecting on what you've both just shared, even simply being aware that these are the things that we are looking for and that others are looking for, and that we're all doing that from a place of, you know, uh, damage in the past or imperfection. It's probably better mm. than damage, isn't it? Yeah. imperfectly looking for these things really helps us to preempt living in patterns that are destructive and to be encouraging and helpful and to build up others and i think yeah. that's just super helpful and a, and a really really practical uh, step into what it is to, to live as god's possession who are accepted and secure and significant thanks so much um i think that's a good place to end this particular episode uh, as always, great just to pray, Rachel. It's your week. Would you pray this for us and into us as we come into land? Yeah, no, thank thanks. you. God, I just thank you for who you are and <laughs> understanding and putting up with all of us. <laughs> I just am in awe of whenever we talk about how uh, broken and frail and fragile we are that you love us and surround us and pour your grace in all the cracks and call us to you and come all the way towards us. And it is um, just remarkable to see your grace in our every day. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you never give up on us. I thank you that you relentlessly pour your grace upon us. 
And God, as we as we go forward this week, I pray that you would nudge us when when we need to see you. Like like I just remember walking alongside my kid, and then every once in a while I just nudge him, and he can look up at me, and we sort of connect eyes. God, I pray that you would nudge us throughout this week that we may lift our eyes and and Amen. connect with you, just to see you, to know your presence. That this this nudging of relationship that we may constantly lift our eyes to your grace and your love this week, that we may know our significance, that we may feel that security, that we may be surrounded by your acceptance of us, God. Amen. Superb. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you, Mark, for for all you've both shared today. Really helpful personally, and I'm sure for those listening at home as well. Next week is a momentous moment as we embark on the last of our series in Ephesians chapter 1, looking at the phrase, to the praise of his glory. We hope that you can join us, uh, those listening at home. Uh, Until then, uh, we hope that you would uh, give us some kind of review, whether that's pointing other people in our direction or leaving us some coded star message. Five stars is a big thumbs up and we would love to see it. And uh, until next time, we'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye.